what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, the NBA betting podcast from the Action Network, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have you with us. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Sean Little. You can find him on Twitter at Chicago Flow and in the Action Network app. Sean, how you doing? I'm great, Matt. You already know, man. NBA is in full swing. It's midweek. Let's talk about it. And joining me as well is Jay Money. You can also follow him on Twitter and in the Action Network app. Jay, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, man. On a little slide, so I'm not so happy. I'm ready to talk some NBA and try to get, get trying to get some of my money back. My We're going to turn this around. We're going to get this turned around. Uh, so, yeah, I won the head-to-head with AC and Jay last night. I had Thunder. Uh, they had they had Magic. Good night for me, 3-1 and one from the podcast slate. So glad to have that. You can follow in the award-winning Action Network app, the best way for you to track your bets. Get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on. Get all sorts of cool information. You're going to get great trends across all of the sports. We've got our system plays in there. If you're a pro subscriber, you can follow all the great trends. We're going to talk about some of those tonight that I like. Uh, You can also check out this podcast as well as all our great podcasts, Big Bets on Campus, getting ready for college football playoff season here coming up in the next two months. The first rankings out tonight. They'll have breakdowns with Brett McMurphy. Uh, You got the favorites podcast. You got uh, college basketball starting. So Stucky's doing all his insane stuff that he does during college basketball, check it out. The award-winning Action Network app. want to remind you guys that if you're listening to this on a Wednesday, I want to let you know that on League Pass, because if you're listening to this podcast, you damn well have League Pass. Let's be real. Uh, if you want to watch Celtics-Cavs, check out NBA BetStream on Cavs-Celtics. We're going to talk about that game, but we're going to be doing a, a full betting podcast version on NBA BetStream, a live stream focused on betting, you can find it on League Pass. Just go to your stream options for Cavs Celtics, and I'll be sweating. I'm sure some live props, probably a Jared Allen double-double that he killed me with on Sunday. I'm going back to the well. Make sure to check that out as well. All right, fellas, no more messing around. Let's get to the best bets for Wednesday. Uh, let's start with Jay. Jay, let's try and get this thing going here. Give me your best bet for Man. the Wednesday slate. Best bet for Wednesday. We hopping on the Pelicans here, laying the three in L.A. versus the Lakers. All right, Sean, what do you got for me for a best bet? I got a couple. I'm looking at Knicks team total one over 114 and a half minus 130 right now in a couple of spots. I would there's going to be a, a better price, I think, coming up here later on in the in the night or early in the morning. And then my second game is Celtics Cavs. We were just talking about it. I'm going under 218 and a half minus 110. All right. For me, I am with Jay. We're taking Pels minus three. We'll talk about that one as well as what the number is probably going to do. Uh, I'm on Atlanta plus two and a half plus the money line, a little sprinkle on that for a half unit at plus 110. I like that for tomorrow's slate at the Knicks. We'll talk about that game a lot, obviously, with Sean's play as well. I uh, got a prop for you, Javante Green for Chicago over on his points. We'll talk about that one. We're going to hit on a few other games as well because there's some interesting games on the slate. All right, Jay, let's start with you. So Pelicans minus three. 
look, there, it's funny. The conversation, some podcasts will talk about, like, this is a trap line. Like, they're trying to – it's not a trap line. Usually what the trap indicates is that, one – that it comes out to a weird number when they adjust for home court. That's usually where that number winds up in a weird range. The number or they know what the betting public and the sharps are going to do. So they can't put it at a certain number. This one feels like a layup for sure. Like no question. Pell's minus three feels like a layup. I'm with you on it. What's your take on why this is the right side? Yeah, well, first off, the Lakers just got their first win of the season there, man. They act like they had just won the championship. They were mm-hmm. ce- celebrating in the locker room. I mean, throw, uh, throwing Gatorade and water all on the coach. But uh, So you could get a little, little bit of a letdown spot. But I don't think that the line is short here, right? Last year, um, the Pelicans beat them three straight times. In the first game, they were two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Won that one, 123-95. Then the line flipped them at home to minus four, as it should. Then they win that one by eight points, 116-108. And then the line comes back back as well them plus two in LA and they win that game 114 111 so when they open them as a favorite in this one on the road the line is actually um all over the Pelicans here I don't think that it's short it's uh, I think it's there pretty much for a reason it's, that's a strong number for the Pelicans to be laying three here on the road um they're four and one against the spread last five versus the Lakers as well uh and they also beat up on bad teams the Pelicans are four and oh against the spread last four road games versus uh teams that with a win percentage of 40 percent or lower so they don't look past these games here this is a winnable game versus the lakers they want to stack up as much wins as possible they got their guys back basically full squad everybody except for ingram in this one so yeah i'm riding with the pelicans and lastly up here pelicans are the number one team in rebounding this year uh, so far in the nba and the lakers are sitting at 28th and also anthony davis is not 100 right now you see him out there laboring with his back i have a bad back guys so i know it's really tough to play through <laughs> a bad back man if, he, if you're not 100 you're you're going to feel it. The guy can barely run up and down the floor. He's one of their most important players. I don't think they have nowhere near enough offense to keep up with the Pelicans in this game. So, yeah, give me the Pelicans here, minus the three. Yeah, I saw Davis up close and personal last week in Denver. Couldn't move. Just <clears throat> couldn't move. Yeah, good game versus the Nuggets on Sunday, and that win still was laboring. We're, we're five games in, and this dude's already in this shit. I, I just don't know how you're expecting to get to Christmas. Uh so here's an interesting one. Like, look, Pell's, Pell's home court is going to be a little bit weak, right? Uh, Lakers home court, not I wouldn't say the lower bowl is a great crowd, but it's a big atmosphere. Historically, they've been good because that's a dominant franchise. Let's go ahead and do the, the standard here, four and a half point flip. This is probably going to move to three and a half. There are already three and a halfs in the market as we're recording this on Tuesday night. So let's assume that that's three and a half. Let's do a, a four and a half split on this flip to line scale to Pelicans home. That still only comes out to eight. That feels light. Like that just feels light for a Lakers team that can't shoot. They had a good shooting night. Mike Prada from the athletic had a really good point on this, which is the, even the worst shooting teams in the league are going to have nights where they hit like, and that's exactly what happened on Sunday. The nuggets let them get in transition. The nuggets did not challenge them physically. And those guys walked into shots and got loose. And once they started knocking down shots, a bad shooting team hitting shots. That's going to, you know, obviously change the win probability. Pelicans defense has been dialed in. Another thing is that the Lakers want to play super physical. You know who wants to play super physical? This Pelicans team, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, like all these dudes are super physical. Um, this is probably still accounting for Brandon Ingram status TBD on this. Um, but I think even with what they've got, 
I don't think that they're going to be able to keep pace. Like the Pelicans have shooters. The Pelicans have scorers. They have Trey Murphy. They have Jose Alvarado that can, you know, create steals and wreak havoc. They have Zion to, to and Jonas just beat them up inside. Like this is the Pelicans are the more physical team in this matchup. And, mm-hmm. you know, my numbers, this is, I, the, this checks out on the numbers play too. Look, adjusted power rating on the season. I've got this Pelicans eight, which is high. But that's how bad the Lakers have been. That's how good the Pelicans have been. The Pelicans have been absolutely awesome. Um, when I ju- when I use regular season numbers, obviously the Lakers are going to be horrible in this small sample. It's way bigger. I can't ignore how much of an edge this shows here with this only with this being less than. I mean, we're talking if the Pelicans have a lead, this is within free throw territory. I feel really good about this. Uh, I'm with you on Pel's minus three. Sean, you got thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to kick it right back to you guys. Then uh, for all all of what you said, because I agree with you guys, I love Valanciunas down low. I think he's one of my favorite. I think if he he's in a bad, he's in a spot where he doesn't get enough touches. If he were to get enough touches, he could put up bigger numbers than he already does. I love him inside. Like you said, Zion wants to get physical. My question to you guys is, since you're looking at this game and, and you guys are are pretty aligned, why is the number three then? What what is it? Just because the 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 public wants to back the Lakers every time they get a chance. So the books don't want to make it too big. Why? Why is it three? You think? Well, on thing I would say they were dogs both times uh, last year in LA. So the fact that they're favored here, um, is good for for the Pelicans here. I don't think that it's short, right? If if you had the uh, if you had them, if the Pelicans were plus one in this game, that's when you start scratching your head. But the fact that they're a favorite here on the road when they were dog both times last year, um, I feel like it's a, it's a good line for them as well. And if it, AD is ruled out, obviously the line could get even worse. And the Pelicans don't have Ingram as well. So this if they had Ingram, this line would be up to five. He He's he's uh, not even with the team right now, yeah, so he won't gonna... play until the next game uh, for Golden State. So I think uh, Pelicans minus three is actually a strong line here. I'll say this. If you want to wait, I don't blame you. You're probably going to see this number creep up to four, four and a half. I'm okay with that. I don't know if Jay is. Like, you always want to get the best of the number. If you want to wait, it's Zion, right? Like, you just, you just want to be sure. I don't want this if Zion Williamson is not playing without Ingram. I don't, I don't want it then. I'm willing to go ahead and bet it because I want the best of the number and I bet enough to where like I'm willing to, to go ahead and, and take that. And honestly, like I lucked out with a game where those two were out and they won anyway. So I think stars being out sometimes boosts the team's morale. This Pelicans team's got good chemistry. They're locked in. They've got I think this is a coaching advantage here for with them with Willie Green, even though I think Darwin's been good. Uh I can't get this is the thing, Sean, is like the only reason not to take it is it seems too easy. And I'm just not in a place where if I've got a number that tells me I've got an edge, I'm not going to ignore that just because it seems too easy. For sure. Yeah, no, you should never, never get scared off a number. If you do your homework and, and you like the spot, go ahead and fire right away. I agree. All right, let's talk about yours, Sean. So let's start with this Knicks-Hawks game. So we, we both got to play on it. All right, so tell me how you arrived at Knicks team total over 114 and a half. Yeah, Knicks team total over 114 and a half. Right now, I think the number's flat out too low. The Knicks are a better squad right now. They've proven that at home. They they haven't played the toughest competition, but they get down at home. They're averaging 126 points a game. They're shooting it really well from the floor. And then you get the, the guys that shine in the garden are the bench guys, Emmanuel Quickly. And then he's not a bench guy, but my guy Evan Fournier plays historically a lot better at the garden in his first year with the Knicks last year. There's just so many factors for me that lean Knicks are a better overall squad. They have the they're just more balanced, more well-rounded. Knicks bench versus the Hawks bench. The Knicks are scoring 44 and a half points per game via their bench. The Hawks are only scoring 
31 points per game. I was also very impressed with how the Knicks looked in the first three quarters against one of the best defensive basketball teams in the Cleveland Cavaliers. They put up 93 points through three quarters. That was something I was not expecting. Then they they did fold up in the fourth quarter, but I was encouraged with how they looked against a really, 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 really good defensive team in the Cavs those first three quarters. Another key point here, the Knicks, um, Jay was just talking about rebounding. The Knicks are one of the best rebounding teams in the league, and the and it's the flip side on the Hawks. They're going to have a lot of opportunities, the Knicks are, to, to get second-chance points, second-chance possessions, and opportunities. Last game, Hardenstein and Mitchell Robinson had 11 combined offensive rebounds. It's, it's everything that I'm looking at, and from using my eyes and watching the Knicks on a day-to-day here in New York, they're very locked in. The chemistry thing that you just laid out with the Pelicans is also a factor now with Brunson running the show for the Knicks. Overall, Hawks defensive rating 25th in the league. This is also going to be the Hawks' fifth straight road game. They're closing out a road trip, fourth road game in six nights. Um, I, I just like this. I, I wanted to take my initial read was to take the to take the Knicks on on the money line or or even look at the spread at minus one and a half or minus two. I think this is going to be a competitive game. We all know how Trey Young gets down in the garden, is going to want to put on a show. He's right now to lead the game in scoring at minus 150. I thought that was an interesting play as well. But I landed at the Knicks team total. I think this is going to be a competitive game. It's going to it's going to come down the stretch. Overall, on offense, the Knicks have looked very good. They're very balanced across the board. Three guys that can put up 25-plus points. I think it goes over 114 and a half. And uh, it's a competitive game versus the Hawks. I laid off. Uh, I think it can go either way on the game. I think the Knicks will be able to score points on the Hawks defense. That's why I took over 114 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Look, I've got this. I've got them projected at 119.6. So uh, I've got them right. I've got them over by a healthy margin. Um, my number on this game is way high because a lot of the numbers are going to be high because we've seen so many scoring nights. Like I've got this number pl- at 230 and higher. So I like the over. I like the team total over. I think is strong here. Going with the home team. Knicks offense yeah. has been pretty good and consistent. That Hawks defense is still really uh, a mess most nights. Like it's just I've kind of sworn off Atlanta in as a favorite at home for that exact reason. Is I can't trust them. I'll say I'm on Hawks plus two and a half here, and on the Hawks on the money line in part because of kind of what you said, like this actually grades out as a very close contest. Yeah. Neutral court, I've got this even. Now you, you got to give the Knicks home home court, right? Good crowd, MSG, big deal. Yep. I think it's mitigated a little bit. Here, here I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. I think the Knicks home court is mitigated a certain degree when you're facing a team that has superstars because Trey Young has had this game circled. Like mm-hmm. him in particular, he's going to want to put up, put on a show. Every player wants to put on a show in two arenas in Los Angeles versus the Lakers and in Madison square garden. And so that, I think that mitigates some of the home court a little bit here. I have this really even power rating, even with the Knicks upgrades and a little bit of a downgrade for the Hawks after the Raptors loss, I still have this as Hawks should be favored. So I'm playing it based off of the number and the spot here. I like taking the Knicks as dogs. I think they can hang in games and I think they can win. Like I actually play like playing the Knicks on the money line in a lot of these spots. But they're kind of that team I want to go the other way with, like at home. You know, this is a team that they've had a little bit of a mini rivalry with based off of the playoff series. Trey's going to get up for this game. The Knicks defense has been pretty good. Uh, the What's interesting really here, and this kind of plays into the over here, Sean, 
both bench units, I think, have legit scores. The Hawks got absolutely annihilated in that category versus Toronto, but that's because Toronto plays their starters like 85 minutes a night. <laughs> if we look at the at like the structure of the game, there's a good chance that we get like Obi. I- I'm probably gonna be on Obi top and prop when those come out. Uh, I played those before, and his rebounds assist hit. He's been he's really good. Like Obi Toppin's good, uh, and all these types of things. So when you factor all of this in, plus they're going to play Evan Fournier again. They're just not going to get Evan Fournier. His numbers are bad. That's an area where they can take advantage of. I think I like the Hawks in a high motivation spot. Jay, you always like these these motivation spots. What do you think about Hawks on the money line here as a possible underdog? Yeah, you guys both make some really good points from a matchup perspective. Um, personally, I don't, I mean, Brunson's a really good baller, but I do think defensively, him and Fournier, I mean, Trey Young and Murray going up against those two, it is an absolute mismatch. But you look at the bench, like Sean said, it's an absolute mismatch for the Knicks bench here. So it's like if I'm looking at props in this game, Hardenstein rebounds, he should eat off the bench uh, quickly. Even Reddish might have a little something versus his old, one of his old squad or whatever. But Derrick Rose, Reddish, and quickly, I feel like they could get whatever they want over the bench. Um, Aaron Holiday is just too small of a player. You can get with it, put him, post him up against anybody. And uh, yeah, it's going to be basically two points over there. I'd like to take the Knicks in this game. Both teams coming off a little losing streak. Obviously, the Hawks gave up 139 to the Raptors. I mean, what are we doing here, man? They just didn't play any defense, right. but it's not necessarily a buy on spot for the Hawks for me. Last game of a five game road trip, five game in eight days, fourth and six. Um, I, I can't back the Hawks here. So it would be Knicks or nothing for me. I do see it being in a toss-up type of game though but the Knicks have played very well at the house three and oh so far would like to lean towards the Knicks I do think they have the better overall team especially right now I think when the Hawks get Bogdanovich back they can bolster up their bench still think they need to get maybe one more player off the bench but um I still don't think that the Hawks have totally put together and this is a ton of travel also a team that's coming off a Dubai trip in the uh, in the offseason as well like a few days before the season so uh it's Knicks or nothing here for me it's definitely I feel like they have the rest of yeah, and just like you laid out, Matt, Hawks, when they're not playing the Pistons, Rockets, or Magic, they're giving up 129.3 a game. They just gave up 139 to the Raptors <laughs> for a team that you wouldn't call or an like you wouldn't call the Raptors an offensive juggernaut by any stretch. So yo, Van Fleet was out too, man. You gave mm-hmm. all right. Come on, man. What are we doing? This is, this is the Hawks, man. This is what's so frustrating <laughs> about them. Is like if they just buckle down and play some defense, they'd be fine. Right. Uh, I'm already regretting this play. I'm already regretting this play, but we'll see if I can go back-to-back nights, take it on the fellas head-to-head. Um, all right, let's get to your other play, Sean. So you like – I'm really curious about this one. You like? Yeah. I, 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 I got to talk about this one because I need some therapy on, on a loss this week. Uh, Cavs-Celtics under 218.5. Give me the cap. Yeah, minus 110. This is more of a field spot for me just from watching the, the last game on Friday. Everyone went ballistic in that last matchup. We had a Mitchell who had 41, Levert had 41, mm. Tatum had 32, and Brown had 32. And if you've been watching the Cavs like I've been, because I love their roster, I love what they got what they got cooking up in Cleveland, Donovan Mitchell has been going absolutely crazy without Garland on the floor. 30 a night, doing whatever he wants, just Here, score the basketball, Donovan, and he is doing just that. Boston and the rest of that squad is going to do everything in their power to slow up Donovan Mitchell. That's how I see it. There's just no way that they're going to let him continue to go crazy like he did on Friday night. I know the game is in Cleveland. I'm going to get to that in a second. But as long as Levert doesn't score, Levert is trick-or-treat, just like a couple – happy Halloween to everybody out there. Hope everybody had a good time. But that's Karis Levert when it comes to the, the offensive end. 41 one night then next thing you know he might disappear on you so I don't I don't plan on him going back to back in in, in a huge spot like this Cavs giving up 
102.3 points per game at home. That's the best in the league. Cavs, you already know, long, athletic, one of my favorite teams on the defensive end, if not the best team in the uh, NBA on defense when you outside of Milwaukee, probably. So third and overall and overall defensive ranking, this is going to be a grinder game. Uh, I think this gets slowing up slowed up quite a bit the, the game on friday went to overtime i, I just don't see that happening i'm going to go under 218 and a half you don't have to uh talk to me about trick-or-treat with karis lavert because on yeah. sunday i had over on two and a half three pointers made for him the cavaliers scored 121 points and he didn't hit a single fucking three so <laughs> yeah that, feast or I, famine with karis i LeVert. know how that goes with karis i learned my lesson there um, I can't tell you here just because I've the number I've got is going to be astronomical, and that's entirely based off of the regular season numbers with the Celtics. Their defense has been has been bad. Their offense has been outrageously good. So my projection yeah. here is is way out of whack. Now I played that angle this weekend and lost on the Wizards. Right, they hold the Wizards like ninety four. Mm-hmm. Washington's going to be inconsistent. Like when their offense falls apart, it's going to completely fall apart. The Cavs are a different animal. What's interesting here is like most of what Donovan Mitchell's doing, he's killing it in, in pick and roll. He's 97th percentile in individual creation and pick and roll. He's been absolutely elite at that. When I watched the tape, he really has been better. And like his, he's had a career high for assists. He's also, I will note this. Yeah, seven a game. He's going crazy. Mm-hmm. So my temptation there was to look at the fact that Dean Wade shooting 65% from three and go, that's probably got something to do with it. <laughs> like they're shooting the lights out. <laughs> And so is it really Donovan looking to playmake or is it just dudes hitting shots? But then look this up. Mitchell's averaging 12 potential assists per game versus 10 last season with the Jazz. So even with Rudy Gobert and all those dudes, Donovan really has reinvested himself in terms of looking to get others involved. And that's a really positive sign if you're a Cavs fan. I think the Cavs can score. I think they've obviously got the size advantage with Robert Williams still out. The one thing I'll say is, I think I learned my lesson on the defense. So one of the, the angles that I have was I don't want to, I don't want to try and ca- we always talk about this Rod brought the Raheem Palmer, my former colleague now at the ringer brought this up last year about don't try and catch a falling knife. Right. So the Celtics defense has been bad. So I, I faded that Celtics defense and I got burned with it over the weekend. Was that a turning point? Do they now turn around and actually does the Udoka thing now him moving on? Does that get them some clarity and they can just move on and, and be straightened out. Like there's all these type of things. The total, I don't think I'm going to have a play on. Um, I'll be on bet stream. We'll see if I, I bet this live, but I will say it's an interesting duplex spot where the team that's a dog in the second matchup tends to lose. I just kind of feel like this number is off given that's in Cleveland um, and Boston should be rated highly, but I think this is kind of underrating the Cavs still a little bit. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, that's a good point. I think one key point here is if Garland comes back. Obviously, that'll mess with that'll um the line will get higher as well mm-hmm. for the Cavs. But um, I th- one thing I really start to notice, and one thing is as well with Donovan Mitchell, he's really caught wind without Garland out there because it's his team right now. He's not really fighting for minutes or who's gonna have the ball, who's gonna pick and roll. That's why I feel like it's like two of those three can still do it, Lavert or 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 uh Mitchell or Garland. But when it's all three of them out there, like say Lavert has to come off the bench, he's like this, he's not 
not necessarily in the same rhythm. If if Garland and Mitchell out there, it's a little bit of a, a space issue right now, right? So I just feel like they've kind of, kind of gotten a win, uh, caught in, uh, got into a groove without Garland out there. Then he comes back and maybe at least for one thing, maybe uh, maybe mess things up a little bit. Another key thing as well, the Cavs didn't have uh, the Celtics didn't have Grant Williams in their last matchup. So somewhere like a little hybrid big off the bench, he wasn't out there. So there was both of the Williams were out in the first game. Now at least they get one of them back to help at least a little bit. Mobley and Allen still have a huge size advantage, but um, I, I know the Celtics, they like they like getting some revenge, my guy. So it's crazy to say, but I actually would lean to the Celtics here, but it would be mainly the star player theory coming back in there, Garland, and kind of messing up that flow that, that mm-hmm. the Cavs had just got used to running. So somewhat of a contrarian type of play. You wait for Garland to get ruled in, which I think he will play, and then you hop on the uh, Celtics in that one. I like that. That's an interesting point about Garland messing up the chemistry. That's an, I got to think on that one. Uh, let's talk about Washington Philly real quick. So Jay, you kind of like the Wizards in this spot. Joel and B missed the last couple games with illness. Doc Rivers comes out on Sunday and says, "Look, Joel's going to be questionable every single game." <laughs> Which I'll just keep saying this: if you don't want the gambling money, that's fine. But you want the gambling money. If you want the money there's going to have to be a little bit of stabilization in the injury reports. Yeah. I don't care if Joel plays, just make the decision. And right. it's fine. It's fine. If, if on, you know, the morning of you're like, ah, he's still feeling pretty crappy. He might feel better later, but let's just go ahead and lock him out. Fine. Be, be cautious, but then don't be like, Oh, nope. He's feeling better. He's going to go on and get in here and play. Uh, yeah. So Sixers minus eight at home. Jay, do you think this line thinks that, that, Joel is going to play or not going to play. I mean, that's I guess that's the bet in itself right there. I, I don't think that it's fair that he didn't play uh, versus Toronto and then he's good to play versus the Bulls and then want to tweet, say that he owns them, and then you're out the next game again. But, yeah, it does seem like the Sixers are playing a lot more, a lot faster. They're able to get out in the fast break as well. Uh, it seems like they're just playing better as a whole without Joel Embiid. Seems kind of crazy, but we don't think that he's in shape right now. It's somewhat slowing down the team. Harder to know if he wants to give the ball to Embiid or if they're gonna if they're going to play out the post, if it's going to be in Harden's hand was going to be Maxi, so I feel like again it's one of those without Embiid, they're playing a little bit more with, uh, con- with more continuity with him in there storing everything off. I want to wait for Embiid to come in. This line go up to maybe nine, nine and a half, and then I want to hop on the Wizards in this game. So uh, watch out, get, uh, follow me guys on Action Network app, and I'll add this one as soon as I bet it. But yeah, it's Embiid in. We're gonna wait for that line to go up. Everybody take the Sixers, and then we're gonna hop on the Wizards there plus the points. May not get the win all right but i definitely think they can keep the game a little bit tighter than they did the other day when they lost by seven at the house to this uh to the uh, uh sixers without mb the key is maxi man if maxi's gonna continue to shoot 50 50 plus percent from three and run up and down like a guy that doesn't get tired possession after possession quarter after quarter game after game they're gonna be extremely tough to beat and this is the one thing mentally you got to keep in mind when you're talking about james harden when james has a feeling that if he shares it, they can't get a bucket. That's when he goes into dribble, dribble, pound mode. I'm going to put up anything. I, when he sees a guy like Maxie playing like he's playing, here you go, bro. Here you go, Max. Go do your thing. Here you go. Here you go. I'm going to try to give you as many looks as I possibly can, and that's what he's been doing, and Maxie's been going crazy. James had 17 dimes the other night. That's when you. That's what you got to think about when you're looking at betting on, you know, how – or because I'm not saying I could predict what James is going to do, but if, if if you're looking at the people around him, and they're playing well on the offensive end, James has no problem giving it up. 
He doesn't want to give it up when he thinks he's giving it up and it's not going to be a bucket. <laughs> That's a good All point. Right. I need uh, I need your advice. So I'm looking for one more dog. Dog's been barking this season. Moneyline has been hitting at a preposterous rate so far on the dogs. And it makes sense. The power ratings are all over the place. These teams aren't gelling. We're seeing that all over the place. Clippers are struggling. Heat are struggling. Warriors are struggling. A lot of these spots providing an opportunity. I got two spots to compare for you guys. Okay. Sacramento Kings. They're streaking. It's two games, two wins, but they're technically on a winning streak. Uh, Plus 240 at the Heat. Think there's a good chance that some of those Miami guys will go ahead and take the night off. This is an old team. They got a solid win versus the Warriors on Tuesday night. This looks like a prime spot to go ahead and take a little nappy nap and rest. I like the Kings be able to push the pace in that game. The other one is Utah. Now, Utah is plus five and a half at the Mavericks. Money lines plus 198. Utah has been has had like sickness going through the club but they should be back to somewhat close to full health for this contest. Uh, Mavericks coming off of pretty embarrassing loss. So this is a spot for them. Um, I will say this in the Jason Kidd era. So since last season, the Mavericks as a home favorite, 23, 13 and two against the spread. They've been absolutely tremendous in that spot. Uh, Obviously, they got the big win versus the Grizzlies, but they did lose to the Thunder, and they get a push versus the Mavericks, or versus the Magic, rather. So, Jay, between the Kings and the Jazz, which money line do you like better? I would probably have to go with the Jazz. Obviously, they've been playing; they've been playing a lot better basketball. And when you add in the fact that they have playoff revenge as well, my Mavs put them out uh, last year. I, I made so much money off of that off of that series, man. I, I wish we could replay it again. To be honest with you, I knew that Mitchell and Gobert had some inner turmoil, but obviously they're not there anymore. But you at least still get guys like Conley and um, Conley. Uh, let's see what Rudy Gay. Uh, it's a few more players. Marketing gotta get gotta give it uh, up for Lori, Lori Marketing. That was on the team. Player. I'm saying that so was on a team. Year. Yeah, I'm just saying the team, the guys that have revenge. I know Conley, oh, yeah. Clarkson, uh, and Gay were still on the team, but regardless, yeah, Markin has been balling. He's been playing. I I could <laughs> never see. I couldn't see in a million years this team playing this well coming out six and two. I mean, four new starters, six new rotation players, brand new head coach, and they're out there balling. So um, it's tough for me to bet against the Jazz. It's, it's tough for me to bet against them right now, but I would definitely have to go with them over the Kings, just especially with them having two starters. Um, Bay up and they're over there on the east coast third game on the uh on the east coast as well so we definitely have to look towards the jazz especially i think the playoff revenge would be the tipper man okay sean what do you Matt, think what about i was hold on i was just gonna say what about the rockets plus 172 don't make me do it don't make me do it sean i can't do this again i've done it twice i can't i cannot bet rockets money line again it hurts at fan duel plus 172 the line is right now plus five it was plus it was plus six a few hours ago it's already on the move down if you i i, I watched the, the the fourth quarter of that clippers rockets game and if Paul George just goes unconscious, that's basically right. what happened. If he doesn't go unconscious, the they lose that game maybe by double digits. Mm-hmm. That's how bad the Clippers looked. Reggie Jackson looks like he just doesn't want to play ball anymore. He looks terrible. So there's a lot of question marks going on with the Clippers. Now, it all it all depends on how you feel the, the mentality of the Houston Rockets are, right? Is it one of those things where now they feel like they compete and now they're getting them at home? They're going back to Houston now, or is it like, ha, we almost had them. And then, you know, the Clippers get their shit together and then come back in Houston 
and blow their doors off by a dozen. It's a, that's the most interesting money line spot because they just played. Houston played them tough. Now they get them again at home. Numbers going down, plus 172. There's still a lot of value on the money line there for Houston. Sean, I bet them versus the Suns, and they had a second-half lead, and they lost by 15. I bet them <laughs> versus the Clippers, plus 350. I saw it. And they had it. They had it. And yeah. Ball George ripped their – I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. But that's – Short that's memory, it. Matt. I was going to say, Matt doesn't want to talk about their game, and I don't blame him, man. But I just want to say one thing. They do hit – they come back – I don't like taking teams – uh, first game back home after a little road trip for mm. four games or more, they come back home for one home game and then they get hit back out on the road for four more games. So somewhat of like another road game, it's a tough little spot for the Rockets here. And if you're the Clippers and you're Paul George, you got to look like, all right, we got to, we got to stop losing to these little bad teams. So yeah, I think that's if I, like, where you if I like the Rockets on... there. Yeah. If I like the Rockets, I go ahead and take the points. I don't know about, it could be another close game, but I don't think they'll get the, uh, the upset. I think Clippers at some point will try to start turning it on. If y'all seen me log around Robin <laughs> with the Kings, the Rockets, and the Jazz, I want to be held accountable on this podcast next week. Please hold me accountable on this edition of the pod next week. All right, it's gonna wrap it up for Buckets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We've we've we made the the Apple charts. We are on Spotify. We're killing it. Uh, that's entirely, I think, thanks to our new contributors that have brought so much great stuff and Brandon bringing it on Friday with the futures with us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Buckets giving you the best bets for Thursday. Good luck with all your bets tonight. For Jay Money and Sean Little, my name's Matt Moore. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get Buckets. <laughs>